Hello and welcome. My name is Tom. This is The Enthusiasm Project, Season 3, Episode 19. And today, yet again, I am not alone. There's been a theme in the last few episodes, which is it's not just me uh, like a crazy person talking to myself. And not only am I not alone, but I have yet another super spectacular guest who I am very excited and indebted to for um, giving up his time in the middle of the work week to to spend some time chatting about, you know, creating and, and making stuff. And that is Jared Spink from The Hive Podcast. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me, man. I'm super stoked to be on your show. I am so glad that you're here. I've been like looking forward to this. It's been a super long day, uh, but this has been a very fun like carrot at the end of the stick um, to get to it because I've also been you know, I've had Heather on my show many times, but I've been branching out a little more and trying to talk to other people. And it's a different muscle to flex when you're just talking to yourself, talking to your wife, and then talking to other people. It's definitely a different skill set. So it's been kind of fun. Uh, you're basically a pro at that. Uh, you're being too nice. But it, yeah, it, it is good that you're talking to other people other than your wife. Talking to your wife is important. But talking to other people is good too, Tom. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, 2020, it's easy to forget that other people exist in the world, but they're still there. And that's really the goal today is I admire so much about what you do and so much about what you have done. And there's so much I'm curious about. And also, I just enjoy talking to you. I enjoy listening to you on other shows. I enjoy listening to your show. And so I just want to uh, dive in a little bit. Last week, I had Bob on the show. And I talked to her about how she asks selfish questions, you know, questions to her her guest that really seem like they're kind of things she wants to know. And those are some of my favorite questions. I'm going to be asking a lot of selfish questions today <laughs> just to. Yeah, no, that's I like that segment on her show. That's great. Yeah. And and yeah, and you were you were also on her show. Everything is just sort of connected. So Jared was just on Bob's show last week. Bob was on my show last week and now you're on my show this week and I was on your show last spring. So <laughs> that's so awesome. It all yeah, it all it all kind of comes together. But anyway, um enough about me and enough about that. Let's talk about you. Cause you're always shining the light on other people. So let's let's put you in the spotlight a little bit here. I've got a lot of questions. Good questions. Um but before I get into any of that, who are you? What do you do? Why do you do it? You know, just the basic intro. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm Jared Spink. I, I'm the host of the Hive podcast where I interview entrepreneurs, creatives to really learn more about their story and their journey and where, you know, where they're headed, what their plans are, their goals are, in hopes that those stories inspire others to, to really take the leap and pursue their goals. Uh, I just, that's always inspired me. So I want to, I want to have that platform so others uh, can be inspired too. Um, I'm also a photographer. I have my own photography, uh, media production business, whatever you want to call it, um, here in San Diego, uh, focusing mostly on real estate. That's kind of the niche I, I found myself in just because it's it's a big market down here. I had a lot of real estate contacts just from friends I knew. And then that's kind of just, you know, exploded into more and more contacts and just been a good business. Not necessarily the favorite, my favorite thing to do when it comes to photography, but it's paying the bills. And, you know, hopefully when we get back to doing events, I can do some more event photography and, um, you know, yeah, that's, 
Did I miss anything? I think that's it. Those are those are all the basics there. And I'm um you answered everything I asked for because you've got a website. So if you go to growthehive.com, you'll see everything Jared does. A lot of a lot of drone stuff. A lot of drone stuff. Yeah, a lot of drone stuff. I don't think you and I have talked about this too much, and I had questions. So this is basically the day job that pays the bills, correct? That is the day job that's paid the bills for the last year. Yeah. For the last year. Um, where did how did you get into that? Like where did you come from before you got into the that world? Yeah. Come with no background in that other than, you know, photography being a hobby for years and years and years. Um, before that, um, I worked a lot. I mean, if we go way back, I've had a lot of jobs, Tom, but, uh, I, I, (laughs) you know, I worked, um, in retail for a long time, worked at, uh, at Vons for a long time, um, working my way up, up until like, uh, an assistant manager and filling in as a store manager for a while. Kind of left that to the supplier side and worked in the beer industry for the last seven years. And that, I mean, that, I love beer. So that was, that was a great job. <laughs> um, but uh, that, that company got bought out and I didn't want to work for the new employee. Everybody got laid off. You had to reapply. I just didn't want to go through that. And I, I had the goal of wanting to start my own business for a long time, pursue photography and, and be my own boss. I don't know. I was already doing it part-time on the side, making side income, you know, that side hustle. And it was nice. Oh yeah. But when that, you know, losing your job, it was like, okay, I could either look for another job or I can just, you know, put my best foot forward and try to make this a, a thing and full time. And so with the support of my wife, that's, that's what I did. And that's what I've been doing for the last year. That's amazing. And Where- exactly a year, exactly a year. Well, congratulations. That's yeah. a huge anniversary. How that's what is your do you mind me asking what your wife does? Yeah, my wife works for a big um electrical contractor. So they they have offices all over Southern California. They're working on the new stadium that's being built here in San Diego. Mm. They I mean they work on big, big projects. So she works in the planning department. She's got like a real person in important she's job. Got a real job. She's got a grown up job. <laughs> um but she was on board. So when you were just like, I want to do this, this is my thing, this is what I think, you know, is gonna make me happy, she was happy to oblige. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there was some hesitation and some nervousness involved for sure on her (laughs) end. Um, but she didn't show it very much and was very, very supportive. That's amazing. So does she understand now, like when you have to go lock yourself in a room to talk to a camera for a couple hours, like, does that seem crazy or does that make sense? Oh no, she, she, she gets it. She knows right now, like if she needs to use the restroom, she's not using the one right next to the office. She's going down the hall to use the other one. So you don't hear, you know, (laughs) anything in that other bathroom. She's super supportive. That's, you know, the supportive partners in the backgrounds of the lives of content creators, especially those who work out of home studios, they probably don't get the credit they deserve because that's a, it's a very important role to fill. So I'm curious because working in grocery store, I used to work in grocery stores too, <laughs> and lots of retail, lots of jobs as well. Uh, grocery stores, beer, and then jumped into photography and, and video and all that kind of stuff. When and how did that bug bite you of getting into you know? Yeah, cameras, cameras and beer have and- always kind of been there um, ever since like elementary school. Man, I can't remember the grade, but it was it was a long time ago. And that I remember in class we had a. Uh, photo competition. They gave everybody one of those cheesy plastic disposable Kodak cameras. Yeah. Um, We did that too. Yeah. And so, you know, there's, there was two categories. There was, I can't remember the category. One was like taking a really nice picture and then also like 
capturing hardship, which seems like kind of a hard thing to do to ask an elementary school student. Like, and when I say elementary school, it, I mean, it was probably, I think around third grade, you know, like I did the same project in the second grade. Okay. So it was like second or third, right? (laughs) Must be a thing. (laughs) And so, um, anyway, I won that for like taking a picture of a sunset and getting again, another cheesy Kodak plastic camera, but this one you could actually put rolls of film in. And um, I won the exact same prize. That's awesome. <laughs> for, for almost the exact same. I got the, I took a photo of a sunset, but over a broken statue. Oh, okay. Very artistic. And my photo was on display at Kmart. Mine too. So it must so. have been like a Kmart sponsor. <laughs> Did we thing. win the same contest? We must have. <laughs> Cause I don't think we're, the, I, I only think we're, we're only like a grade or two apart, like in years, I think. So I, yeah, I mean, I'm going to turn 35 this week. So we're like two years well, apart. Actually, Cause I'll, I'll turn 34 in February. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I graduated in high school in 04. So it must've been a thing Kmart did. I'm going to go ahead and guess that the camera you got for winning was, probably competition the, same was the exact same one that I got. <laughs> that, uh, and that, that's awesome. Anyway, sorry. That I, I can remember that being an amazing feeling as a little kid. Like, I couldn't believe how that felt. So that's when the bug bit you of like, cameras are cool. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, as a kid, you pick them up, you put them down. Um, I was really, growing up in San Diego, really into action sports, a lot of skateboarding, you know, going to the original X, X Games, seeing Tony Hawk, seeing the original, like some of those original, was it the 900 that he did at the X Games? Like, I remember those yeah. moments and- cameras and video kind of always went hand in hand with action sports. Cause you want to capture yeah. that stuff. And I remember being out there with like, um, uh, what are those called? I'm, I'm looking at one right now. Those, uh, the instant pictures, whatever they're called. Like a Polaroid. Polaroids. Yeah. So I remember trying yeah. to capture stuff with Polaroids, you know, skateboarding, <laughs> trying to ca- catch the tricks of my friends and, and myself. And so it's always been there. And, uh, so it's always been a part of my life, but Probably, you know, in the last four or five years, got really more into it. Um, as m- my wife and I traveled, we, we love traveling. We travel a lot to different countries around the world and, and being able to take really cool pictures and, and capture those moments. So it's always been a part of my life. And at one point I just decided like, um, I'm spending a lot of money on this hobby. So let me see yeah, if I can oh try, yeah. try making some money. That's, uh I love that because I relate to it so heavily because you hit that point where you're just, I mean, all those photos traveling around, those are just for you, right? Like they weren't, they're not going on a channel. They're not, that's probably even before like Instagram was a thing at a certain point. Like, yeah. And you start getting a lot of that feedback of like, Hey, these are really good. These are really nice. You get a lot of so much of that feedback. You're like, huh, I wonder, I wonder if I can make money doing this. So you give it a shot. Yeah. And how, how do you like it? How is it going? You know, the, the overall actually having to do it as a job, because I've heard a few people, you know, I've, (laughs) I've had uh, thoughts about doing full-time content creation in the past and currently. And there were times maybe about 10 years ago where I was thinking of doing photography, like when the economy sucked and I was like, I don't know, you got to build something yourself, I guess. Um, But I had a, a number of people tell me that they took photos, they loved taking photos, but as soon as they used their camera as the tool to pay their bills and put a roof over their head, it sort of took on a different feel for them. And some people thrived under that and other people, you know, did not thrive under that. So how do you kind of balance that pressure of turning the thing that you just love doing into the thing that also now needs to be how you support yourself? Yeah. I mean, it's difficult. Any, at, at, you know, at some point, like 
a job's a job, right? No matter, even if you're yeah. doing what you love. Like I worked in the beer industry for seven years. And when I first started, like, oh, this is awesome. I get a ton of swag. I get to drink a bunch of free beer. I get a company car that says, you know, you know, XYZ beer on it. And it's awesome. But after a while, like it was a job. I was selling hoppy water. Like, okay. <laughs> um, and same thing when it comes to photography. I love it. Do I enjoy driving all over the place and doing real estate, you know, photography? It, not all the time. I mean, you get to see some beautiful homes and get some really cool shots, especially living here in Southern California. I'm on the coast. So you see beautiful views, but it, it does turn into a job sometimes, but you got to, you know, um, I was listening to that creative life this morning and I, I love that podcast with Sarah Dietschy and she says this all the mm-hmm. time, but like, uh, you know, one for the tube and one for me or something like that. But you like, essentially yeah. it's like, you do your business, but you also got to make sure you're doing time, you know, doing some stuff for you to remind you why you like that hobby and and to keep yourself creative and uh, keep those creative juices flowing. And so you don't lose interest. Yeah, that's vital. That's something that, you know, like teaching digital media is a weird version of that because I take something I love and now it's it's a job. And it's what I've always tried to do is every day going into work, have at least one thing that I'm looking forward to, which I could be very cheesy and say like, it's reaching a child and changing their life, which is amazing. Like that does happen when, when a kid shows up in your class and they don't know about any of this stuff. And then a couple of years later, they're like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do for my career. And it's totally changed their lives. That's an amazing thing. But at the same time, like sometimes I just need to go like, I am going to set up a new light today and it's going to be cool. <laughs> like, you got to do things like that. I mean, I'm no, nowhere near the top of my game when it comes to photos and videos. So I'm always taking in stuff to, to increase my knowledge. And so I always, even if when it's just real estate videos, I'm always just trying to be a little bit better, make those projects a little bit better for the client. So if that's your goal too, it does keep it interesting. Cause you're, you're like, Oh, that's a little bit better. And it keeps that, that spark lit. So there's a theme that I kind of sense happening here, which is, you know, taking you, you have the side interest and now it became the, the main thing. But now it's almost as if there's now another like a side hustle to the day job, which is your personal content creation, for lack of a better term. But, you you know, having a podcast, there's also a YouTube channel that's growing really rapidly now. And those are things that seem like it's it's for you. It's not for clients. It's not for anybody else. It's it's your endeavor that you're in charge of. Right. Yeah. And it's it's also like a place where I can practice new techniques and skills and and test out new gear so I can take that and apply it to the business and, you know, charge more. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, I mean, it is absolutely all connected in one way or another, but it's been, I, we can, there's so many different things that I want to go into. Uh, hey, I got because, all night, Tom. Perfect. Perfect. Because you're, so about a year ago now, you started full-time photography professional yep. That's the, that's the job. And then it was, what, eight months ago now that you started your podcast? Maybe eight, nine months ago? Yeah, I was looking at it. I think, so I thought it was March, but I think it might have been April when I go back and look at the episodes. And then... So, I, for some reason in my head, I just always think January and I have no idea why. Yeah, <laughs> but, it was like March or April. Yes. And then the YouTube channel was like uh, like almost a year before that. Right. And then, I not that I'm looking at your YouTube channel right this second or anything, but... The YouTube channel has a decent collection of videos on it. And so you've been doing that before the podcast. Mm -hmm. Before the podcast and even before the business. 
Okay. So while you were still doing in the beer yeah, industry, yeah. you were like, hey, I'm going to start up a YouTube channel. Let's let's go chronologically. Okay. So what about, you know, what happened that time ago? I'm looking at a video right now that says how to start a YouTube oh, channel. Is that the first one? Yeah. That was okay. horrible. Um, Guys, please don't go watch <laughs> that. Do not go watch it. <laughs> I'll put a link in the show notes. No, I'm just kidding. Fast forward um, to the so very end and see the bloopers I put in. <laughs> did you have bloopers? Did did uh, did did you post bloopers today? Actually, I did, and I just like yeah. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, and I just love it because I just love watching myself and just laughing. Like, oh my gosh, I'm such I'm such a kook. <laughs> I mean, that's to me that's perfect. I, that's a great use of you know the different platforms and stuff. But um, it's funny because everybody. I don't know how you felt about your first video when you made it, like the day you made it, the day you edited it, were you proud of it? Oh man, I was so stoked. Yeah. (laughs) It's, I mean, it's an amazing feeling. Like you, you did it. You've seen other people do it for all these years and now you did it. And it's like, I don't care what the video is. That's a huge accomplishment. It's an amazing feeling. Um, And I remember myself doing that. And I told Heather, like I did it. And she's like, congratulations this is amazing she's like i'm i'm can't wait till you look back at this video and just like can't watch it and i remember thinking that's what most people do that's not what i'm gonna do this video is good i'm gonna look back on it and feel proud and now every once in a while like somebody will leave a comment on that video because somehow they're still watching it for some reason and i'm always like oh my god please don't (laughs) don't be watching that what are you doing um but that's part of the process and you got to get, you know, you got to get through those feelings. You're always your own worst critic. Always. But what made you want to start a YouTube channel way back before you were doing any of this stuff otherwise? Yeah. So, you know, I, when I started really getting into photography, you know, of course you start YouTubing how to do certain things. And this, this is back when like, right when it was starting to get popular, I, I you know, I found, I found Peter's channel. And he wasn't mm-hmm. even at, he wasn't even at hundred K yet. So this was like really early on. Um, yeah. and, and taking in those tips and, and just following a bunch of those YouTubers when it, when it was really just about photography and how to take better photos. And it wasn't about all the gear reviews and everything it is now. And it, that's still fun, but it was like, you know, it's almost nostalgic when you look back at like the early days before, mm-hmm. like it really went in the direction it, it is now. So I was really into photography watching a lot of YouTube and it was just something I wanted to try. Just you have this creative itch and you want to do it and pulling that trigger. I mean, it was something I wanted to do a long time. Pulling that trigger is so difficult, but, um, yes, you know, something I haven't really shared too much. Oh, I haven't really shared publicly at all is, um, right before starting that, what, what kind of helped me pull the trigger is my wife and I were going through a very difficult time, um, with her health. So, um, shortly before that, we, she was diagnosed with a brain tumor and like it oh was, my. it was really big. And, you know, we, we did the whole thing with, she had to have brain surgery. We were in the hospital for a long time. She had to learn how to walk again. Uh, she still doesn't have use of like one of her hands from the surgery. It was, it was a pretty big ordeal. And I think when you go through difficult times, you realize like <laughs> there, there is so much more in life and there's so much more things that are important than like, the fear of starting a YouTube channel and what people are going to think of it. So, I mean, that was definitely, um, and it still is like a motivating factor when I want to do something like I'm just going to do it. Like, what do I care what people are going to think? Like I have all this way more important, like serious stuff going on in life. 
I'm going to do something that I want to do that brings me joy. And if someone doesn't like it, well, you know, whatever, like I like it and I'm having fun doing it. So that was definitely a motivating factor to be like, okay, I'm just going to pursue my goals and do what I want to do because life's short and you know, you're going to have hard times in life. You might as well do something you enjoy. Exactly. That's what, are, I mean, that's a tough lesson to learn because you really, you it's so easy to get up in your head, like you said, about, oh, I should start a YouTube channel next year. I'll do it next year. I'll do it the year after that. And, you know, you get scared. And then, like you said, you get you get that perspective yeah, from perspective. whatever it is, something that happens in your life, something that gives you that experience. And then you realize not only maybe it doesn't matter in terms of the grand scheme of things, like, oh, I'll make a video that someone doesn't like. Right. Okay. <laughs> So what, but, but the more important thing is then you're also kind of like, you know, this is the time that I have. And if I want to do this thing and there will literally be a point where it's just not something you can do. And then you look back at your life and you're like, there was a thing I really wanted to do that probably actually would have been kind of easy to get started. And I just didn't do it. And now I'll never get the chance to do it. And to me, that's very terrifying. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting. It, it's funny how certain things can change your perspective and, and really make you want to pursue what you want to do. And, you know, if, even if my videos aren't good, even if the podcast isn't good, like it's still going to motivate somebody to be like, Hey, look at this guy is not good and he's still doing it. So there's no reason I can't do it. You know, so, I mean, just go out and create. Yes, you're correct. <laughs> but also you're really good at what you do. So uh, I'm so sorry that that was the inciting incident that kind of launched everything going. And I hope your wife's doing much better now. And I hope like, I, I just hope you guys are in a much happier, healthier place than dealing with all that. But I'm glad that you, I'm glad you got started. I'm glad that fire got lit and, and things got put in motion because you've been such a great example. I, I don't know how many times I've used you as an example of like, I mean, you've, you started your show in spring of 2020 and you focus on creatives and entrepreneurs and you know there's a lot of people from the YouTube world on there you've had some you've had some pretty incredible guests even from the beginning actually you you emailed me kind of out of the blue i'm episode 7 and you were like hey you want to be on my show and i was like sure like i mean it seemed very legit and you had i think you, you had like just show. hit 20 right or we're almost at 20 at the uh, time Probably not even. I maybe maybe ten. Maybe I just hit okay. ten or fifteen or something. But you, I mean, you seem very legit. And I was like, oh my god, okay, like I'm gonna do this. And then it was like right afterwards, you know, you had. I'm looking at the episode list. You've got Dave Mays, Sydney Deongzen, Peter Lindgren. Um, I don't know who would want to do a podcast with Peter. Yeah, that guy's crazy. <laughs> um he's but you've had there's Danny Giverts who's like blowing up right now. Tommy Calloway, Valentina V. Um, I mean, everybody's amazing. Heather Ramirez, don't know how you managed to book her. You had <laughs> Gerald Undone. It's just like, and, and and it's become one of those things where even when I don't necessarily recognize somebody's name, I just know that, well, when I tune into Jared's show, whoever he's talking to, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a great conversation and I'm going to be left wanting more. Like I'm going to be sad when it's over, <laughs> which is a very, it's a good thing for your show. So congrats on all that success, but also, I mean, the fact that you, episode six was Dunna from Dunna Did It. I mean, how did you just kind of go for it and just approach these people who, you know, when you're just starting out and you're like, well, I'm, I created my account and I'm brand new. Now I'm going to approach someone for a show. How do you even begin doing that? Yeah, I think it all just starts from the fact that like, I just, I don't care what people think. <laughs> um, 
you know, if, if they're going to say no, they're going to say no. Like what's the worst that's going to happen? Um, so yeah, I just, I took the leap, just took the jump, jump, you know, you got, you, you're the only one that is going to make things happen for you. No one's going to approach you and say, Hey, you know, what would be really cool is, Hey, I want to be <laughs> guest seven on your podcast, which I've never heard of. Right. That's not going to happen. You, you got to make it happen for you. So just researching the people I want to have on and putting, you know, a professional request together to say, Hey, this is what the show's about. This is why I want to have you on. Would you be interested? And that seem, that has seemed to work. That I mean, that's amazing. I'm glad that people are so open to it. I'm sure not everybody you ask says yes, but you just this week posted episode number 30. I mean, I don't know. Have you missed a single week? You've been wildly consistent. Yeah, there was a few times. You know, I went on vacation about a month ago. I'm, I'm you know. How dare you? I just didn't feel like putting together like a, a recap episode or something. Like I, I was just, I was on vacation. Um, and then. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the summer, I think I missed a couple of weeks just because uh, I didn't have my act together trying to get guests, you know, ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, things you learn as you go. That is the benefit of just going and talking to yourself in a room like a crazy person is you don't have to rely on anybody else's calendar. You just you just go do it. But uh, I love the conversations that you have with everybody that's on the show and I always learn something and take something away from it. And it's it's just so engaging and so fun. And now I think, I mean, 30 episodes in with the resume that you've developed on the show. I mean, I am not just blowing smoke. It's one of like, it's one of the, you know, creative and entrepreneur shows that's out there that I love recommending it to people. Oftentimes I'll ask people about it. They're already familiar with it. So it's, I mean, you, you just sort of jumped in and went for it and it worked. Uh, it's cool to hear because, you know, when you're in your little office, home office, you know, talking to a camera and recording an episode, you have no idea who's out there listening to oh, the show. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the same thing that's happened with this show here. I, I started this show with zero. I mean, I've never promoted this show other than recently. I started posting little snippets on Twitter, like literally two weeks ago. Otherwise, like, ah, here's a link and like a video description. And that's it. And then Suddenly, like, I never really checked analytics, but it's like, oh, there's numbers here. That's good. But then when I would miss a week or two, people would send me messages and go, like, is everything okay? Like, I went down for my Monday morning thing, and it wasn't there. And I'm like, really? Like, I am part of your Monday morning? That's amazing. You're doing your what you do, and you know that there's people on the other end, but it's like, it's like when they say the sun is 93 million miles away from the earth and you're like, yeah, that's far. But your brain doesn't really know how far that is. It's like, you know, you're putting something out there. Anyone in the world could listen to it. But I don't think the human brain can really understand what that means, that anyone at any time can be hearing your voice. Like right now, someone could very well be listening to you or watching one of your videos or you know, consuming something that you've created while you're sitting here doing this. It's wild. Yeah, it is super wild. And then, you know, just with podcast analytics, like they're not the best. They're nowhere close to like YouTube analytics, right? So it's like, okay, I know people are listening, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, and and it's and that's I mean, that's a thing too which I've seen since now there's so much overlap between people will start a YouTube channel, start a podcast for it, this that and they want well, if my YouTube videos get this many views, my podcast should get that many downloads and it's like an infinitesimally small smaller number of podcasts and it's like, that's normal. Oh yeah. Like I, 
I was listening to Sarah's uh, Sarah's podcast uh, today and, and watching her her YouTube um, video that kind of went along with it. And she was talking about she actually shared some of her numbers, like how many downloads she gets like on on an episode, and it's a lot, but it is nowhere near her YouTube channel, right? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, even if people that are huge YouTubers and that's kind of the trend, right? Like all these people have big audiences and then they start a podcast. I just decided to start a podcast with no audience and no following and build it from scratch, which is very hard to do. But yeah, I can't remember where I was going at that point, but it's hard to grow a podcast. No, <laughs> it's, it's hard to grow and you never, you don't really know what the numbers mean. And that's what I was talking to. I think it was in a conversation with Bob last week. I moved all of my um, podcast hosting over to Buzzsprout, which like not sponsored. I'm just, I really like Buzzsprout right now. Um, but I was going through, I was on an episode of their podcast and we were talking about analytics. And the thing was, if you post an episode and within the first seven days, it gets 28 downloads, you're in the top 50%. Not 2,800, 28,000, just 28 downloads puts you in the top 50% of podcasts. And that's mind-boggling when you think of how many podcasts are out there and when someone's feeling kind of bad because they're like, oh, my last episode only got this many. And it's like, that's actually... Because you got to remember too, oftentimes, like you watch a YouTube video, this video got a, this many views or whatever, but people drop off after a minute, after two minutes, whatever. I mean, podcasting, you tend to have more quality listens. Like people yeah. will turn it on. If they get through the first few minutes and they like it, they'll stick through the episode or they'll, you know, listen to it on the way to work, pick it up again the next day or whatever. And then plus podcasting is such an intimate medium because oftentimes you're you're really in somebody's world. You're literally in their ears in some cases. And it's just you just become a part of their I don't know. I'm usually doing stuff when I listen to podcasts, like maybe I'm washing the car or cleaning something. And I, my brain works in a weird way where I can remember like, oh yeah, when Jared asked this question, I was like scrubbing the rear headlight. Like for some reason, it just, the whole experience gets ties yeah. together, tied together through the audio experience. And that doesn't happen with anything else to me. Like it's, I don't know, there's something really special about audio and and I appreciate that. But Going back, because we kind of skipped this. I was like, hey, you got a podcast and it's amazing. So you had a YouTube channel, which you still posted. You posted a video today. Yeah, trying to be more consistent. Very fun. <laughs> Not very consistent at all. I, but you know what? Your stuff is super fun. I love it. I love it because anytime you post a video, it's like this is somebody who's posting a video for the passion of posting a video. Not like I, I, there's several YouTube channels I kind of had to unsubscribe from because the people, they'd post a video and they'd be like, here I'm back because I'm a slave to the algorithm. There's this week's video. And I'm like, well, I don't want to watch this. Like, you're just telling yeah. me, you're telling me point. that you hate making this video. Now you want me to spend 12 <laughs> minutes with it? No. Um, sorry. Whereas it's like, here's a video from Jared. I know that like he had to have fun making this. He had to have fun posting it. He's got to feel excited about getting up there. And now that makes me excited to watch it. So, um, so you've got your channel. Where did the podcast idea come from? Especially like you said, with no, you know, no existing audience or anything like that really to, to build off of. Yeah. So I've always want, okay. So starting a podcast dates back all the way to like 2011, where I like, I always yeah. wanted to start a podcast. I always wanted to interview people at the time. I wanted it to be kind of around entrepreneurs or because I love beer. Like I wanted to, there's so many local breweries in San Diego where I could go and interview, you know, local breweries and have it be like a beer podcast. Um, and I just never did it. Right. 
ton, <laughs> ton of reasons I could, or not reasons, tons. I could give you a ton of excuses why. Um, but mm-hmm. it just got to the point where like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, uh, my creativity as a business now as a job. I love it. I'm trying this YouTube thing. It's not very easy. It's hard work, but I still love it. And, you know, I think it's just time to start that podcast that I want to do. I want to interview, you know, other creatives and entrepreneurs. There was only, in, at least that I knew of, only a handful of podcasts at the time before everybody decided to start a podcast at the same exact time I started a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, I get it. Um, around that. But then, you know, watching a ton of your videos, Tom, like definitely pushed me over the edge of like, okay, like I know what gear I want and gear does motivate me. Um, because if I'm going to buy it, I need to use it. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I just, I pulled the trigger, decided like, you know, mapped it out. Like this is the gear I'm using. This is the format of the show. You know, here's the logo. Here's the title. Here's a list of guests. Let me start reaching out to people. So I went at it very strategic and planned. It just was time to like, I just decided to pull the trigger. COVID probably helped, you know? <laughs> I mean, it, I, ironically, it actually did help get a lot of these kinds of endeavors off the ground. Did the, where did the name the hive come from? So my business is called hive media. Um, and it was just tossing around just tons of different names and like, it just hive like community, like building your community, your around your business. So like, a hive is a community. It was just, I like the name and and that's, that's the reasoning I came up with behind the name and I wanted to keep the branding consistent. So the hive podcast, cause it's kind of the same thing. A hive is a community. This is the creative community that I'm interviewing. And so that's, that's why I call it the hive podcast. I love it. I love all your branding. All I love everything. So I'm Happy to know there was the thought put into it. It seems to me that you're basically self-taught when it comes to all this stuff. Your design is always super on point. Your your work is always really clean. But I mean, it, based on the story, like there wasn't professional training. Maybe the Kmart Kodak. Yeah, no. I mean, I, the only other photography class I took is I took a, a what like a semester of photography in high school. I think. Oh wow! That and so everything else just and I don't you re- need to learn how to make I don't a logo. Just watch a tutorial. Anything from that class? <laughs> Nothing. That was the class where it's like, oh, photography class, cool. Like we're gonna get handed some cameras. We're gonna walk around campus, take some pictures. We're gonna go back and we're gonna listen to whatever music the teacher's playing. Like, awesome. Like, <laughs> super cool. <laughs> as the as the digital media teacher who hands out cameras to students. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about this, but it's you're a much better true. teacher. Uh, though that teacher turned me uh, on to cool. some good music. <laughs> uh, you know, that's what the that's what the media and photo teachers are for. So all self-taught, yeah. I wanted to bring that up because I think a lot of people find that to be intimidating. I was actually just talking to one of my students today. He's a junior. He's been su- like literally. I visited his middle school one day years ago when he was like in the seventh grade. Um, and kind of helped them set up like a little rinky dink broadcast thing and like installed an extra copy of uh, Adobe Creative Cloud on a computer. And he was telling me today, he's like, that was the day that I like decided to start learning Photoshop. He's like, I didn't know what I was doing. He's been working really hard. And like now, even though he's only a junior in high school, he's taking on clients. He does, he makes templates of graphics for like Twitch streamers and stuff. Um, but it's amazing. Like his design style is awesome. 
And so we were having a conversation today about kind of his post high school plans. Does he need to go to school for this? Should he focus on business? Should he focus on clients? That kind of stuff. I really, as a teacher with multiple degrees and all this stuff, I was like, I think you should at least, I think you should jump into community college, maybe focus on like a business program. I was like, but for the stuff that you want to do, like, I really don't think you need to spend the money on a, a fancy school, honestly, like watch some YouTube tutorials yeah, <laughs> and just make stuff, just practice. I mean, depending on who you want to work for, like sometimes you have to do that just to say like, here's the piece of paper right. I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on yeah. so you can see it when you ask for it. Other than that, like, I mean, you can learn everything from YouTube, like, and, and books. It's, 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 it comes down to your portfolio and what you can do. And, you know, and that's what I tell my students all the time. And even sometimes like my school site will be like, we need to certify our students in Photoshop. And I keep, or, you know, Adobe or whatever. And I'm like, we can, but that's honestly just like a money-making scheme from Adobe. It doesn't mean anything to say like, I have a Photoshop certificate because the next question are people are going to go, cool, let me see your work. The only thing that matters is what you can actually do. Unless like you said, like, I want to work for Pixar. Cool go to CalArts and, you know, like there are certain times when you do that. You want to be a doctor, please go to med yeah. school. Don't just watch YouTube videos. But, uh, you know, in general, like the approachability of this stuff, you know, so many people want to start something. They want to start a channel. They want to start a podcast, but they're like, I don't know how to do this. I'm not good at this. And I think the more that they can hear stories of other people who are like, no, you totally can. You just you got to put in the hours. You got to put in the time. Like you're not slacking it, but yeah, you can find out what you need. You need to learn how to make a logo. There's a million YouTube videos about it. You need to learn how to start a podcast, what equipment you need, a million YouTube videos about it. Like, I mean, there's online courses you can take. There's there's so many resources to get you started creating whatever it is yeah. you want to create. And the great thing is, and hopefully this doesn't contradict what you just said, but like you honestly don't have to be good at all that though, too. Like you just need to be good at what you want to be good at and the stuff that you don't know, hey, you can dabble in it and try to learn. But if you want a really good result, if you want a good logo for your business, but you don't know how to design design one, there are tons of people that out there that you can go to that have done that. So just because you don't know how to do something doesn't mean that you still can't get it done because there's other ways you can get the help and, and get things done if you wanted to have like a creative business. I didn't design my logo, you know? <laughs> no, that's a that's a really good point. Because uh, I was just thinking of like problem solving stuff. Like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do this, but you can just figure it out. But yeah, that's completely true. And you can find amazing, talented people for, I mean, for everything, editing, um, logo design, graphic design, whatever, that are like pretty reasonable in terms of their prices. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I was talking to Peter Lindgren, like when we first started getting to know each other, we were talking about logos and branding and he has a pretty cool logo. It's really simple. And he was like, oh yeah, I just had this guy, you know, this one guy do it. It was the same guy that did Matty Hapoya's logo. Um, he's got this, his Instagram is MedUart, like M-E-D-Y-O-U art. Um, and he just does logos and branding. And at the time I was thinking about like rebranding my channel. So I was... I sent him a message and I was like, hey, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Like, what would the cost be? Super reasonable. Like, not like, you know, not free, of mm-hmm. course, but not like $10,000 or anything. Like a few hundred bucks, get a cool logo, get a cool motion graphic. Um, I ended up not using it because as 
we were talking, he was like, yeah, tell me about your style and what you need. And I was like, well, everything is like kind of like hand done and a little rough. So let me send you a file of my handwriting. Let me send you a file of this. And I was like, if I'm just sending someone my handwriting, <laughs> like, and maybe I should just be making this because that kind of is the brand. But, um, but I was just so impressed to go like, oh, dang, like I've seen this person's work before. Their work is exceptional and it's super accessible to reach out to them get them to make something. He would have made an incredible logo if I needed it. So it's like you said, there are people out there who can get you where you need to go. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to put in the work, you got to put in the time. But I mean, for me, for my business, if a customer asks for something that I don't know how to do, I still say yes. Like I will figure it out. And if I can't, I will outsource it, you know? <laughs> so you can, you can make, you can have a creative business even if you don't know how to do everything. Yeah. Jared will get the job done. How he gets it done might be different depending on what it is, but it will get done. And that's, I mean, and as a customer or a client, that's what you want. I don't, I don't care what you, I don't need the technical details. I need the thing done on the deadline. Yep. And, and if a customer wants the te technical details, I probably don't want to work with them. There's a red flag right there. True. <laughs> yeah. Can you send me all of your files and yeah. all of this and, and tell all me that? all it's the like, equipment that you're using? Why? Does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but speaking of equipment. Yes. What is some of the equipment that you're using? Yeah, so for for the business, my main cameras are a Z6 and a Z7. Um, I've always been oh, nice. into Nikon. It's just, that's the first camera, like high-end camera that I bought. You kind of just get stuck. Like yeah. when people ask what camera I should get, get whatever you want because you're probably just going to stick with that because it's really expensive to switch brands. So they're, I they're all I think the Z series is really underrated. Yeah, I mean, it was expensive to start switching over to like, native glass. I did do that. Um, cause it just, it just, it's nice. It's light, it's small, but the Z series is great. I think it's super underrated. Um, they, the autofocus, yeah, isn't as good as some of the other brands, but it doesn't mean it's not good. It's still really, really good. And yeah, I just love the color. So that's what I, those are the main cameras I use for video and, and photo. Um, then I just not too long ago got a black magic six K. So I've been using that and like, that's a game changer. Like when you get like a, that's good what I was really wanting to talk cinema about camera. Like, okay. Like once you know how to work a camera and you know, all like, you know, the exposure triangle and like how to actually expose and, and frame and, and use a camera, like that thing just makes it so easy to get a beautiful image. Like it's just really? mind, mind blowing. Like, it's so much easier than using a D, like a mirrorless camera or a DSLR for video. It just comes out because I mean, so nice. right now on screen, like we're just doing our like chat for the you know this is not a video podcast, but your image looks amazing. <laughs> it just looks so black good, magic. And it's uh, it's black. Magic. That's a super affordable <laughs> camera too. It is. it is. It is. It is. I mean, it's it's cheaper than going and getting like an R five or you know, the new Sony, Sony, whatever it's called. And like, even the new cinema cameras, like this shoots higher resolution, which resolution isn't everything. Like you give up some stuff like autofocus. And, but other than that, like, it's a great camera. It's fantastic. What lens mount does it have? Does it have the Canon? It has an EF, EF mount. mount. So there's tons of options out there for EF mount. So I got, I'm using like, the Sigma 18 to 35, which is like a go-to for anybody that's shooting E mount, I mean EF mount, like Super 35. I got the 50 to 100. 
I got a Zine 14 millimeter cinema lens, which is beautiful. Um, I have this really nice rehoused Helios 44 on order from mm-hmm. uh, this company called, uh, I can't remember, like Iron Iron Glass Adapter. I don't know. They, they custom rehouse like vintage lenses. Super stoked on getting that in. It's going to take a while to come in, but um, that's, awesome. that's really cool. And then also like, so just this weekend, my grandpa came by and like he found an old Pentax film camera from like the seventies and had awesome, super fast Sigma lenses for it. And so I just ordered the adapters off B and H. I ordered some, like, uh, some grease that you, uh, use to declick the aperture. I've YouTubed how to declick an aperture. So I'm going to do that and just have the like super awesome vintage lenses for it. Now I have, a. Uh old Canon lenses for my grandpa that I have adapted to my EOS R and it's like mine aren't, they're not super sharp. So they give this weird, uh, one of them's like a 51.8, but it, it gives this really weird, like glowy. Yeah. I think sharpness is overrated. Like I'd rather have a softer, yeah. like just this nostalgic kind of feel out of my video than a super sharp video. There's a really beautiful, unique character to it. And I've been throwing it in some of my videos, like, you know, mainly as B-roll shots of something. And it's like, there's just something no modern lens can do. And then, you know, I switch back to the modern lenses and they look, everything does look crisp and sharp. And I'm like, well, that's beautiful too. And it's just like, oh, it's all good. You could just use it when you want to use it. But it, yeah, if you want to mix things up, get some vintage lenses, you guys. And like, yeah. they're dirt cheap. I mean, even these lenses... I mean, they're super cool. They're super fast Sigmas, but you could still find them on eBay for like $25 and you get yeah. the adapter. That's like 14. You're going to spend $50 or less to make these lenses work. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely worth it. And it's just really fun to kind of dive into some of that stuff. Um, and then audio right now, you and I are t- talking into matching microphones, the uh, pod mic with the windscreen. Yeah, pod mic, Rodecaster, um, A10 mini, I think pretty <laughs> much the same setup you got going right now. Um, yeah, it's the uh, camera. twins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we run parallel lives in a lot of ways. Yeah. Although I worked at Ralph's, not Vaughn's, but you know, and, and then Joe's. Trader Joe's, but, uh, going back for the gear for the media business too, like a drone, basic drone. So I'm, you know, Mavic two pro oh, yeah. a gimbal. So, I mean, that's, if you want to start your own business guys and you want to like, I mean, it doesn't even have to be real estate, but all you need is one good camera, a good drone, and even like a gimbal, super helpful. Those three things, you're good to go. Start your business. Yeah, <laughs> that's a thing that people do. Is they they oftentimes they they might see like you know someone like you you've been doing it for a while you've got all this gear all these lenses all this stuff. I don't take that much of it with me on a job. <laughs> all fits in a backpack. You do, yeah, you don't want to take it. You don't need it. I always try to direct people towards like this is what you're going to need to get started with good quality because. People always do want the cheapest. And I, I did a whole podcast episode about, you know, it's worth spending the money. Like, I have $300. What camera could I buy? And I'm like, use your phone because it's going to be really frustrating. Any camera you find for $300. And you're going to spend more money in the long yeah, run. And you're just going to be frustrated and disappointed. Um, so just, you do need to, to invest that bit of money, get get something decent. But get the basics of what you need. Get a good camera. Get a decent lens. Like you said, get, you know, a gimbal, depending on what you're trying to what you're trying to put together. And then just work with that. Get to know that gear as good as possible. And then you will find pain points that are unique to your workflow. And that's what you can focus on. You know, if you're finding that none of your lenses have the reach that you need, then you know you need a telephoto lens. If you're finding that your audio isn't what you want, then you know focus on audio or lighting or whatever. Like 
everybody's pain points are going to be different. Everybody's setups are going to be different. Um, and it's, you know, it's very important not to just think that you need to go to like, I'm going to go to, you know, Peter McKinnon's kit.co page and just add to cart. And then I will be an amazing photographer. Yeah, I mean, for, for anyone that's listening, that's like, I want to start a business. I've made, I would say, I would go as far to say 70% of my income this year has come from one camera and one lens. So it's more than paid for itself. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of other gear, but 70% of the income has come from this one camera and one lens and a tripod. Like what, what is the camera and the lens? So a Nikon Z6 and the wide angle lens and a tripod like that has produced 70% of my income this year focusing on real estate. So like if you're focused on something different, you might need something different. I was getting into event photography before the pandemic hit. So I had other lenses, but because of the pandemics, yeah, like 70% of my income has come from the 14 to 30 F4, a Z6, and a tripod. All, all very affordable, like reasonably <laughs> priced things. Yeah, nothing that's out of reach for someone who just wants to save up a little bit of money for a while, and then you're all set and ready to go. So just emphasizing, not to get too heavy on gear talk, but emphasizing the accessibility of it. Because I think, you know, we, we can put up our own barriers of they have this, I can't do it without that, or blah, blah, blah. But it's like these tools in 2020... You just really don't have, you know, I've got high school students that will save up money and buy a mirrorless camera. And it's like, you know, Mr. Employed Adult, you can get your podcast off the yeah. ground. I think it was today I saw on Twitter that like Canon in the U.S. was selling refurbished Canon RPs for $600. Yeah, the, the holiday sales have been cheap. insane. Even my camera, the R today refurbished direct from Canon is $1,200. i have never seen. I, I've, yeah. And I think it was sixteen hundred if you wanted a lens with it. Like it was, it's it was a great. Deal. Wild. I bought mine body only for seventeen hundred, and I was like, "This is an amazing deal." Yeah. And you now see prices it's, like that, and you're like, "I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't." I, don't, I know. I don't, I don't need three of them. <laughs> but trust me, like I thought about it. Um, but anyway, so like I, gear, gear is fun. Like gear is part of the hobby. Like you said, it can be a motivator. You know, you get something you want to learn how to use. It, you want to put it to use. You don't want to buy this camera, have it sit in a closet, but the bigger motivator is is that internal, you know, drive, that internal fire, that itch that like I want to make this thing and and I, and I really want to do this and that's to me that's so interesting because, you know, you have your your day job, I've got my day job, millions of people do. And when that job is over, you can go home and you can relax and just enjoy your evening at home and there's not a thing in the world that's wrong with that. Or you can do you can do what you did. I remember. I think it was the Gerald Undone episode where you're like, "We're recording this at 10:30 at night because it's the only time our schedule would work." Yeah, I, I can't remember what episode that was. I don't think it was Gerald's, but it was somebody's. I, yeah, I, I forget who. Maybe it was Tommy. I don't know. It was Tommy. Tommy it was Tommy. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and it it was just like that's a thing you don't have to do because you could say, "I'm not gonna go." record like it's the middle of the week i'm not gonna go start recording something at 10 30 at night and be all tired and blah 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 but it's and have to get up early <laughs> yeah there's something in in a certain type of person where you're just like i really want to make a thing and i don't know if you have the thing that i have where it's like there's something very special about that thing being yours it's not a client project it's not an, an employer project it's your thing like you're in charge of that yeah i mean the podcast i mean that, I mean, the YouTube channel is mine. I don't put like, I'm trying to put more effort into that, but like the, the podcast is definitely like 
it's mine, but it's also like everybody else's who's been on the show, which I love, but like there, I don't have to do it. I make zero money off it. Right. Right. Like nothing. It just takes time and money. Like I'm, I'm doing it for, for, (laughs) for nothing. Right. Because I want to, and I want to share those stories and it's the whole motivated, like motivation behind it. Like, doesn't mean I'm not going to make money off it in the future, you know, but I'm doing it because I want to. And I think everybody should do, it goes back to like, you know, when I was talking about like the stuff me and my wife were going through, it's just like, you got to do what makes you happy and just like pull the trigger. It's life short guys. Do, do if you want to do something, figure out how to do it and make it happen. And it doesn't mean that you just like, if you want to work for yourself and, and take pictures, it doesn't mean like you go in tomorrow and you quit your job and you go spend thousands of dollars and get in debt. Like, no, be an adult and be responsible. Find out how to make it happen and make it happen for you. Cause no one's going to do it for you. You're the only one. Right. Have, you know, and I had those conversations with my wife, like, Hey, this is what I want to do. Like, this is what we're going through. Like, I'm not happy. This is tough. Like, I think this will make things better. It'll ease stress. And like, just be an adult about it, but make it happen. Don't be afraid. What was her reaction? I mean, I guess it wasn't, I'm sure you didn't blindside her. Like she had no idea you were considering this, but when you, you, you sat down and she like, does get blindsided a lot. I got to give her credit because I do, I do think about things a lot and like I'll meditate on it and like, just let it marinate for a long time and I'll do my research and everything. And like, I'll be ready to pull the trigger. And it's like, all right, babe. So I want to do this. I want to do it. And I want to do it tomorrow. And then here's everything I learned. (laughs) I do do that a lot. And if she's listening, I am very sorry. I got to be better at that. (laughs) How long have you guys been married? Uh, so it'll be 10 years in May. Wow. So nine and a half years. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a big one. But so, so when, when the time came to actually make the real decision of, I think I am, you know, you had to decide that you were going to yeah. leave your old, well, I guess you said you got laid off because they got, you just decided not to continue basically, right? Right. I mean, because you had to reapply for like the new company and it's just like, yeah, I just, I just, there was nowhere to go with that new company either. Like where I was at with the other company, like that would have been it at the new company. Like there was nowhere left to go. Prior to that buyout, were you kind of still sort of itching and thinking about it? And was that like the kick? Absolutely. Like that was something I wanted to do. And I just don't know if I ever, how long, if I even would have made that jump because, you know, I I had a, I had a good, like I had a company car, company credit card, like salary benefits, retirement, like, it was the full blown, like good package, good job, good income, great hours, tons of like vacation time built up. And like, like, why, why would you give that up? And how do you feel now, you know, a year out from that? Um, you know, I, I'm definitely making less money, but like enough to, to get by, like it, it's just about priorities and, uh, and yeah, I feel really good about that decision. And, and a lot of the things I think, which were that held me back and seemed scary aren't as much anymore, you know? And these are my selfish questions. So, because like you said, I had vacation time built up and now you, you are your own boss. So you don't have the same vacation time, but like, I have way more full time, like free time, way more. Yeah, Cause time. You, you're in charge of yeah. your schedule. Way more. So you're like, I don't have vacation time, but if I need to take time off, I can just, I don't have vacation time. I just have my time. Like, 
it's my time. That's like, always <laughs> been. Did you ever? Okay, so speaking of podcasts, um, and I know you know we're we're, we're all over the place, guys. <laughs> Just deal with it. <laughs> it's fine because I it's it's all it's all there. But speaking of podcasts, because you said you were into podcasts since like 2011, did you have any that were you know like like do you have you remember like what the first major podcasts were? Oh that yeah, you like to that really, and I still listen to them. Uh, you know, This American Life, like from the beginning. Yep always um wait wait don't tell me like absolutely love it like those were kind of the original ones especially this american life like i listen to that all the time every monday you know Mm -hmm. still do great podcast yeah that's 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 a great one uh and i'm glad you brought that up because i'm hoping the answer is yes did you ever listen to s-town no you didn't okay well merry christmas because i have just given you a gift (laughs) which is my I think S Town has to be my favorite podcast. It's a, it's produced by This American Life, so you kind of know where the quality and the style is going to be. It's only seven episodes, okay. so it's a it's a very self contained series. Blast through the whole thing within a week. You know, I've listened to. I think I'm in my fifth re listen of it. It came out in 2017. It's an amazing story, amazing production value, the whole thing. Like it's it takes a turn in like the second episode that you really just don't expect. It's so good. Um, like literally listening to the whole series is worth it just to, if nothing else, to get to the last 10 minutes of the last episode because it will give you like goosebumps. It's just so good. It's I'll have to check that like, out. It's such a good, it, and it's not even, it's real life. It's not like it's fiction or anything. It's just so beautifully put together. So I got one for you if you're not listening to it. Snap Judgment, also produced by uh, NPR, is, you know, all the, uh, this American life crew. So snap judgment, super good. Cool. Okay. I'm on board because I I basically love everything that they put together. It's like, Hey, if I put time and like effort into my podcast, it could almost be not as good as theirs still. But (laughs) yeah. (laughs) um, But the reason I bring that up is because in S town, they spend a lot of time talking about philosophical life things and, and whatnot. And the main subject at one point essentially says that, I'm going to mess it up, but the the best way to live your life is to use as much of your time as possible in the way that you see fit. He basically calculates out, you know, if you take away time that you have to work, take away time that you that you're going to be old and sick and time that you're, you know, a child and you you can't even function as a person. But the time that you have is like good, active time where you're awake and able to do something being able to take as much of that as possible and do and use it the way that you want to as much as possible that was kind of his definition of a of a well-lived life and that really sticks with me and it feels like it's very easy to get caught up in you know this is the career path this is whatever the rat race whatever you want to call it but then like you just said you left a job maybe you make less money but the lifestyle and the the control that you have over your time there's a value to that 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 you is literally priceless like you cannot put a dollar sign on that right i that's 100% true <laughs> i love hearing i love hearing people who have have taken that leap and have that feeling cuz it's like you know I, it's a leap I hope to take at some point in the near future. I mean, it, it's it's scary. Like anybody that has taken it will tell you it's a scary leap. I mean, but you just have like if it's you what you want to do, you just got to make that action plan and figure out how 
you can do it. And like, I definitely think, you know, I had it easier than a lot of people do. So like, I can't complain or, or be that scared. Like, you know, I got laid off, but I also had a really good severance. So that like was, you know, help cushion it a little bit. You know, my wife has a very good job where we can get health insurance, you know, when, especially like when it's not open enrollment because your spouse loses a job, you know? So like a lot of things worked out and we're very fortunate for that, but the same goes with anybody. Like there's going to be opportunities and ways that you can make up the difference and it can be less scary if you just put an action plan together. Exactly. And so looking forward now, um, I mean, I guess you could do this realistically or even just in as much of a fantasy world as possible. But looking at your your job, your podcast, your YouTube channel, whatever other creative projects you might have in mind that you haven't yet done or, or announced or anything, where would you want things to head or where would you want to be, you know, maybe a couple of years from now, what would be like your ideal use of your time? Yeah, the I mean, I would like... I think I would like to pursue, I enjoy the podcasting way more than anything else, right? Because it's, it's fun and that's why I'm, I'm doing it. So if there was a way where, you know, somehow that could start contributing to the income and ease other aspects of time, you know, spent working on the business so I can pursue some other stuff that I want to do. But um, yeah, I mean, if the creative aspect of what I'm doing on the side can take up more of the income and, and be more part of the business than going and shooting expensive homes for people. That would be really great. <laughs> so that's, I, that's, that's cool. So it's just something that you kind of plan to continue for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Just kind of keep going with and, it and see where it like, grows. And for anybody that's looking like, Hey, I want to start a podcast and I want that to be my business or, Hey, I want to start YouTube and I want that to be my business or, or whatever. I want to make films and like, I want that to be my business, whatever. Like it, it's never going to be your business and, and contribute to your income. Like from day one, you have to start somewhere. And that's like the podcast started somewhere. And I have, I like, I don't like the way, podcasts make money right now. Like I'm not a big fan of how like the structured way of how to monetize a podcast. That doesn't mean that I won't like have to bite the bullet and incorporate it somehow, but like, that's not what I want to do. Like I don't want to read a mattress ad. I don't want to read it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, like I got to figure out how I can do that, but I definitely don't want to do it by reading just ads. Like maybe if it's something I'm really like passionate about, like I would be into it, but yeah, like there's platforms out there where you can, I can go get a sponsorship right now if I want to read a 30 second or 60 second ad, but like, that's not what I want to do. So you got to start somewhere and build that foundation. I think it was you that said like what most podcasts fail before like 14 episodes or seven episodes, seven episodes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm at 30 and I just now feel like, okay, like I have a little bit of a groove. Like it feels part of the routine now at 30 for some people that, that that's a lot of episodes for others. It's not like you just got to build that foundation. I'm probably rambling right now, but like the point is you got to build a foundation to be able to make money or to make it your career, whatever you want to do. Same thing, you know, with the YouTube channel, like the, the exception is it being successful right off the bat. Like that's the exception. The norm Mm -hmm. is you're going to put in years and years and years and a ton of episodes. And then one day it's going to work. 
same thing, you know, yeah. hopefully with the podcast, like I'm, I'm at 30 episodes, but Hey, it probably won't be to like 150 to 200 to where it's like, okay, like this thing is actually something now. Exactly. That was, I mentioned a while ago, my student I was talking to today, uh, the reason he was talking to me, it was like after class, we had to do a zoom breakout room. Cause that's how you do student conferences now. <laughs> um, but he was like, I'm doing my design stuff. I'm trying to get clients. I started new social media accounts, but I'm not getting a lot of traction through my social media. And I was like, Oh, when did you start? And he was like, during Thanksgiving break. I was like, Oh, that's great. I mean, you're not going to get any traction yet. You're doing everything right, but nothing's going to happen yet. And he was like, well, with your YouTube channel, like, how did that work? When did that start? And I was like, I made 50 videos over five months and I had 30 subscribers. Like it, it just, you just have to keep doing it. And then it kind of grows and it kind of gets there and something might pop a little bit and then go back and, you know, but yeah, that, that exception of, oh my gosh, this person went from, they, their channel is two months old and they have a million subscribers. It's like the reason you're hearing about that is because it's the exception, not because like that's how it works. Right. It, it really does. It, it's that marathon and the people who succeed are the ones who just never give in along the way. Social media is just so funny. I mean, there's plenty of people I've, <laughs> I've interviewed on the, on the show that he have huge followings on YouTube, right? Huge followings mm-hmm. on YouTube. You go to their Instagram and they don't even have a thousand followers, right? Like I have more followers than they do. And my channel is like super tiny. Like don't read into numbers, guys. Do not read into numbers. And you don't need to have like a successful YouTube channel with tens of thousands of subscribers to make it a a viable business. Mm-hmm. Like don't think that Absolutely. you need to be at that magic 100k for it to be a viable business. You don't. So don't let that hold you back. Everybody has their own path and just because you're all on that same platform, or you're all doing something that's similar doesn't mean there's just that one way to do it or that one way it's going to happen. Peter's a great example too. He and I actually he started his channel a month or two after I started mine. We had literally the exact same number of subscribers for 2 years. Like Every month it was like we were mirrored channels. We had the same number of videos. Our growth was exactly the same. And then whenever it was like late 2019, his channel went through the roof and just kind of never stopped. And like, I mean, I don't know. He doesn't even know exactly what it was that finally kicked that off. And you just, you know, it's, but he was prepared once that happened. He was prepared to like keep it going and, and, you know, what is it like op- luck is when opportunity meets preparedness, like that kind of a thing. Um, and you never know, you never know when the next thing, the next episode, the next video, the next idea, the next connection, it doesn't matter the numbers. You never know when that next thing is. Gonna right. Happen. And that's what keeps me going. Like you just never know. So that's what just keeps each episode coming. That's awesome. So um, before we wrap up here, I think you've kind of answered this several times, but in case there's anything else, whether it's from your work, your podcast or YouTube channel, anything in between, is there, this can be as philosophical or as concrete as you want, but is there like a really interesting, helpful, special lesson that you've learned along the way that you would want to share with other people? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think if, if anybody's listening and have, has heard me on any other podcast, it's just just start you guys. And, you know, I said it when I joined you on your live stream on Friday, just, just start. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I was watching, um, Maddie Hapoy's video today and he said, like, if he had to go back in time to talk to his, his younger self, like just start and start like now start educating yourself, learn, 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 and like 
put that into practice, take in as much knowledge as you can with what, you know, about what you want to do and just start doing it and applying it because the only way you're going to succeed is by doing that. You know, I have this saying and I kind of stole it from a book, a book that I I read, but like the only two ways you're going to fail is if you don't start or if you give up, like in, in being creative, like it's, it's subjective. It's art, no matter what you do, whether it's a podcast, whether it's drawing, painting, making videos, whatever, like it's all subjective. So the only way you're going to fail is if you don't start or if you give up, like just keep going and learn to laugh at yourself, learn to laugh at yourself. Cause you're going to make a bunch of oh, stupid yeah. mistakes along the way. <laughs> oh yeah. Learn to understand that you are just a ridiculous person. And I don't mean you, but like the Royal you, we are all ridiculous. <laughs> and when you edit your face and your voice and your stuff all the time, you're just like, what, what is this person right here? This is a ridiculous person. So true. Um, but thank you, Jared, so much for being here. If people want to catch you or reach out to you, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, I think the best way would just be my uh, social media, uh, Instagram account, at Jared Spink. Um, and then from there, you can click the link and it'll take you to the podcast. It'll take you to my personal website, business website. Like You can get everything from just my my personal Instagram. Awesome. Well, thanks again for spending your time. Of course, links to everything will be down below. And of course, you know me at Sodarn Tom and all the things youtube.com slash Tom Buck. Thank you for listening. Thanks for spending your time with us. Really appreciate it. And I will see you or hear you, or you'll hear me in the next episode.